confesses you as their king, as their sovereign ruler. And so I ask that tonight would be the night that you would convict them of their sin and show them the beauty of the cross, why we come to celebrate a good Friday. And Father, I I plead with you that you would speak through me and use me as an instrument, softening the hearts of all those that are in here. I pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Luke 23 through 33 verse 49 says this. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him saying, Do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence and condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour while the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus calling out with a loud voice said, Father, I commit into your hands, I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home, beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances And the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. Tonight is going to be a proclamation and a contemplation. 
Because what I want to do is I want to take us to a place called the skull. You may know it as Calvary or more specifically where Christ was crucified. So when they came to the place, when they came to the place called the skull, the crowd had recognized Jesus, not because he was recognizable anymore, but because they knew he hung on a cross and they looked at one thief and then they looked at the other and they looked at the man in the middle and they thought, surely, this is what they've done to Jesus? They've beaten him so bad that he's unrecognizable anymore? They saw Jesus hanging there with the two criminals. One on his left and one on his right. As Jesus is hanging there, gasping and wheezing for air, he is slowly dying of suffocation. You can hear him through the gasps and the wheezes saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He is saying this because the people are so filled with sin and hate that they don't realize that they are crucifying the Son of God. As we hear in the background the the rulers scoffing and mocking Jesus. Aren't you the son of God, the Christ? Weren't you saving people? And you can't even save yourself. Why don't you come down off that cross? Satan is still working. He's still scheming. He's still Plotting. This scene is no different than when Jesus was on top of the mountain. Satan was right there, tempting him to throw himself off. Jesus, throw yourself off. Satan is still working. We look at the guards that are underneath Jesus throwing some lots For his garments, and I'm sure they probably didn't even realize that they were being used right there to fulfill a prophecy. The Messiah of the world is hanging on a cross between two criminals being mocked. The very man who would feed the hungry, who let the children come to him, is slowly dying of suffocation. And then you hear 
knowing he's coming from one of the crosses and you look to your left and you see that it's one of the, the criminals joining in and mocking Jesus as well, saying, Jesus, save yourself and save us. Asking for this temporarily worldly relief. However, you start to hear from the right side now, coming from the lips of the other criminal, rebuking him. We're up here because we have justly deserved what we have gotten. We are the criminals here, but this man, he has done no wrong. He is innocent. And then we see maybe one of the most remarkable things in this conversation This criminal looks at Jesus and he says, remember me when you get to your kingdom. Oh, why would two die? Why would one dying man look to another dying man and say, remember me when you get to your kingdom? And Jesus says, oh, You will be with me in paradise. Jesus is still working. We see the friend of sinners still drawing the father's elect. We see the friend of sinners drawing the sheep back to the fold because the father will not miss one of his children. However, time is running up. Time is running out. Jesus' time is almost up. Three hours of nearly complete darkness, which sets the stage for the hearts behind what is going on here. Jesus may have a hundred, maybe five hundred breaths left as he continues to gasp and wheeze for air. The only true light of this world is fading away. This passage tells us then that the curtain tears in two, filling yet another prophecy. And then we hear from that middle cross a familiar voice. It's Jesus. With his last breaths, he cries out as loud as he can. Father, I commit my spirit into your hands. And then, silence. Complete and utter silence. Until we hear one of the most remarkable parts of this passage, and that's that the first image that the writer of this passage gives us is a passage of praise. This is incredible. Jesus takes his final breath. The centurion guard realizes that Jesus is dead. And the first thing that happens that this passage says is that this centurion guard praised God. 
There was praise from the centurion guard, not because that Jesus was dead, but because Jesus was innocent. That's what he says. Certainly this man was innocent. The crowds left amazed, beating their breasts, probably not realizing that they had just witnessed the most important thing ever to happen in history. And as those people left, all of Jesus' acquaintances and the women stood from a distance, watching, hearing, and crying. Oh, but this is Good Friday, not Bad Friday, because we see the other side. See, Jesus was taken off of that cross. He was placed in a tomb. And rising three days later from the grave, fulfilling a prophecy that God had given, a promise that God had given all the way back in Genesis 3.15, the offspring of the woman, he would bruise the heel of that, or he would bruise the head of that serpent. And his heel would be bruised. And Jesus' heel was bruised indeed, But the serpent's head was bruised even more. Jesus rose three days later, fulfilling everything that had been written about him in the Old Testament. So that all that those who put their faith and repent of their sins could have eternal life. This is why we celebrate Good Friday. This is why we remember Christ's death. And so what I want to do right now is a time of contemplation. Because I believe that I see three different types of people in this passage that are still pretty relevant for today. The first person that we see is that thief on the cross. The one who was mocking Jesus and told Jesus, Jesus, come off the cross. And while you're off the cross, save us too. Oh, how many people come to Jesus just for worldly needs. Have you come to Jesus in order to be saved from something else? Like this man thought he would be saved from death. Or did you come to Jesus to be saved from eternal wrath? Far too many people say, I'll believe in you, God, as long as you deliver me from this. And some of you may even be in here today. Some of you may show up every Sunday but yet you came to Jesus just to be delivered from a worldly, from a, from a worldly experience. The second person that I see, though, 
is that that other criminal. One thing that I found was strange as I was looking over this passage is why in the world would you tell to a dying man, remember me in your kingdom, if you did not actually believe that Jesus was not going to die? Oh, brothers and sisters, this is the great news that even this thief on a cross who had nothing to gain, that the world had to offer him anymore, was able to turn to Jesus and say, remember me in your kingdom. He did not have to work for that. He merely just had to trust that Jesus was who he said he was. Do you trust that who Jesus says he is, he really is? Oh, you can tonight. You can tonight. And the third type of person that I see in here is the onlookers, the acquaintances. The, the women who stood out afar watching this happen. And so maybe you're in here and, and you've been a believer for a while. You've been a believer for nearly your whole life. Or maybe you've been a believer for six months. And you need to just meditate and contemplate the mystery of God's love for you. Oh, what a sight it would have been to be one of Jesus' acquaintances or one of the women who stood there watching the Savior of the world being crucified. And so maybe tonight what you need to contemplate is just the Father's love towards you. Just the mystery of the cross. The fact that your Savior died for you. Be encouraged tonight that Jesus, the one who knew no sins, took your sin so that you could stand in front of the Father on judgment and be seen as a righteous son or daughter, be seen as a co-heir to the kingdom. And so what I'm going to ask is for the next couple of minutes is that we just take time to contemplate. Really take some time and think about it. Paul urges us in Philippians to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And so what I'm asking tonight is that we do so. And you really ask the hard question, have I come to Jesus just for these worldly gains? Am I actually fully in? Or am I still riding the fence? Or maybe you've been feeling weighed down by the world. Maybe you're feeling like you just don't have it together. Brother or sister, let me tell you, you don't. But the one who does died for your sins. And so maybe you really need to contemplate tonight salvation. Oh, I would say repent, repent, repent and fix your eyes on Jesus like the thief on the cross. Or maybe lastly, you need to contemplate the mystery of the cross and God's love towards you, a child. So what's going to happen is 
the band is going to just play for a couple of minutes, and then we're going to finish with a song and a benediction. But I would urge you and plead with you, please take time to contemplate where you stand. I'm going to pray, and then please meditate on these truths. Father, would your spirit please move in here today? Would you please convict us of our sins? Would you allow us to see your glory? If there's an unbeliever in here today who needs to confess, would you bring them to true repentance? Would you allow them, like the thief, to just look to Jesus and stop looking to other things? Would you convict those that are half in the world and half Jesus? Those that want a little bit of Jesus, but really just want to use Jesus for their own advantage. Would you convict their souls and lead them to true repentance? And would you encourage your children with this great truth, with this good Friday that your son, Jesus, came to take on the sins of the world to reconcile us back to you. We pray this in your son Jesus' name, who is worthy of all praise, honor, and glory. Amen.